Hi, welcome to Lights, Camera, Author. I'm Jim Juno, and this is the podcast where we talk with authors who write about Hollywood, movies, TV, and entertainment in general. And I have with me tonight one of the one of the adult film industry's Hall of Famers, Seika, the Platinum Princess, also known as the Marilyn Monroe of porn, the Queen of XXX Cinema's Golden Age. And she joins us tonight. We're talking about her book, Inside Seika, The Platinum Princess. Welcome to Light Camera Author, Seika. Well, thank you. It's nice to be here. Now, this book is published by Bear Manor Media. And this originally came out in 2013. So is this an updated version or is it a reissue? I just want to make sure I get that right. No, that's when it came out. It's not updated. It's the only one that I've written. It's a fascinating read. I will tell you that. I read it I read it from start to finish the past couple of days. And I'm based in Richmond, Virginia, and you are, I didn't know, uh, originally, you were born, is it Christiansburg? Is that the correct? No, that, Radford, Virginia. Radford, Virginia. That's where you were born. And you, uh, you, and you moved around a little bit. You moved to Whistville and then to Hopewell, which is only about 20 miles south of Richmond. And I did not realize that we're both, we're both, I guess, uh, Virginians. Yes, we are. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm transplanted. I'm originally from Louisville, Kentucky, but but you were well, you were still a southerner, so that counts. <laughs> Don't hold that against me, okay? <laughs> that's that's wonderful to, to hear. But I, it amazes me that that you know this is a no what I like to call a no holds barred look at your life. You're extremely honest in the book about your life and what what you went through as a as a youngster your your family basically you were at school one day you must must have been about eight or nine years old and when you came home your family was gone uh i was in the first or second grade and Excuse me, I came home from school. My brother wasn't there. My sister wasn't there. My bro- my mother and my stepfather were not there. That's amazing. I mean, but you didn't panic. I mean, that's an amazing thing. I mean, it was, you were able to survive for almost two weeks uh, before. Uh, about a week. About a week, okay. But still. Um, eight or nine years old, and and there's nobody there. I would have I would have panicked. I would have I would have been beside myself. Well, I did panic when I ran out of food. <laughs> but that's and then you went to live with your with your grandparents who no and or, or no. was it your uncle and aunt? Is that what it was? No, I went to my grandparents. To tell them that what had happened, 
And then I went to a children's home that's like an orphanage in Woodville. And then I went on vacation to my aunt and uncle's house in Hopewell. And I told them when it was time for me to go back that if they sent me back, I was going to run away from there. So they kept me. Well, that's, that was, it sounds like you were extremely fortunate that, that they were, because the orphanage sounded like a, not a great place to be. It wasn't bad. It really wasn't a bad place. I mean, we took the school bus to school every day. We had breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We went to church. You know, it, yeah. it was fairly normal. But by the time by the time you got to Hopewell, you started you started entering beauty pageants almost as a as a joke with you and your with you and your friend, or you know, and you didn't expect to win or even place. Uh, no, I did not. <clears throat> but was that when you uh, was that when you uh, first uh, had blonde hair? Well. Uh, I was Miss Hopewell High School, and when I went to get my hair done for the pageant, I told her I just wanted a little bit of frost in it, and it came out very blonde. <laughs> so from 1971-72... Se- <clears throat> I officially became blonde. I tell you what, that but that turned for turned out for the best also because it became your trademark hairstyle. Yes, the color did. Yes. Now after after that time, we're going to jump ahead a little bit. Um, you began to you began to work at a at an adult bookstore. A shoe store first. A shoe store first, and then and then an adult bookstore. Well, I uh, I sold my first husband a pair of shoes, and I had to search everywhere for a size thirteen shoe for this man <laughs> because he was six six and wore a size thirteen shoe. Oh my gosh! So, well, where did you finally find one at? I found it somewhere in the back stock. Amazing! I don't even remember yeah. what kind of shoe it was. Now, <laughs> see, I was I was going to ask you. Now, you were you were uh, an actress in what they called the first well, the first golden age of of porn films, and. One of the things that struck me in your book, and I've and I've had other uh, porn actresses on my show. I've had Serena and um, and Marilyn Chambers' daughters. A daughter was on the show, and your book all said something which we've always talked about: the changes in 
the changes from the films up to today that you you can find in you can find internet porn all over the place. Oh yeah. But but back in your back when you were doing films, there were actually plots. There was actually stories. Now they may not have been the greatest stories in the world, but they were they were actual stories being told. Well, if you want to call it that, yes. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's more than, but it's more than what you see on the internet nowadays. Where I think I think most uh, short internet videos last about ten minutes, you know, and and there's no there's no stories to them. It's just like woman comes in, man comes in, or or two women, or whatever. And they do the act, and then they leave, and yeah, the video's over. A lot of times they they they're just there naked and already doing the deed. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no setup, and there's no now. But in your stories, I mean, you you are very you are very professional. I mean, this is a and I I hate people who look down on on actors. Who made a living doing adult films because you were they y'all were professionals and you did it very well and I don't think anybody I tried hard yeah but it always it always bugs me when I hear people say well no they were just a porn actress just a porn I said well I'm just a web geek you know so but. But yeah, you, know, well, you tell me how many of those people have never watched anything pornographic? Probably the great majority of them haven't. I would say a great majority of them have, but they won't admit it. Ah, okay, okay, and they probably enjoyed them too. Well, which... More than likely, I'm sure they did. But this, you know, it's like even when you were, even when you were, like, I don't want to give away everything that's in the book because I want people to, to actually buy it. You can either go to your website, Seka, S-E-K-A dot com or BearManorMedia.com to buy the uh, book. It's, it's, I do better if they go to www.seka.com and okay. order the book. That will be great. That that will tell people to go to Seca dot com. And looking at, but you were you got into the business of pornography. I mean, it was something that that came to you. I mean, it was like it was like, do you want to do this? And then, of course, yeah, there was money involved. But you still, I mean, you had an open mind to it. Well, yeah. If you're gonna pay me. If you want me to do this, you're going to pay me and pay me well. Exactly. Because you were, I mean, you were one of the best, best known actresses. Don't ask me how much because I won't tell you. No, I'm not going to. But I was paid well. And that is a a mark of a good businesswoman or a good business person. I'll say that, man or woman. Um, (laughs) The... uh, the amazing thing, though, is that so many things just happened, it seemed, in the book, that you were in the right place at the right time. That's the story of my life, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, uh, I mean, you were able to do modeling 
because they were someone came to you and said, I'm looking for a model. Uh, you were able to do acting because uh, was it was it your husband at the time who who came to you and said they you know would you like to do acting on this? No, it was a person. It was after I was divorced the first time. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I met a person that owned adult bookstores, and I subsequently owned a couple of them. And I would go to uh, Baltimore to the distributors to buy products for my stores. And the guy that owned the distributorship said, they're making a movie right down the street. Would you like to do one? I said, sure, why not? Yeah, so why not? I mean, I mean, I like the saying that you, I like what you wrote in your book. You said uh, it was a win-win situation. It was. Well, they you, know, you got paid any, and, yeah. They didn't have any platinum blonde. Most of the girls, and boys for that matter, had dirty feet. Their hair was dirty, pimples on their butts. I was like, I think I can do that and do it better. Exactly. And you were one, I mean, you led a change in the industry with the fact that, you know, your approach, your professional approach to it, because before you, like you said, before, before you came on the scene, dirty hair, dirty feet, uh, you insisted on uh, on the men shower, doing a shower beforehand. Absolutely. Exactly. And I the mean, older end, and brush their teeth. Yes, exactly. I mean, if, I mean, it's it all comes down to presentation, doesn't it? Yes, it really does. So, uh, who was who? Now, there was a small group of of. Actors and actresses during those during those uh, times, and it was a close knit group, wasn't it? Well, close in the fact that there weren't that many of us in the industry at the time, so we worked with the same people not all the time. But I worked with John Holmes. I worked with. Uh, Eric Edwards. I worked with John Leslie and uh, Jamie Gillis and quite a few different people, of course, not all at the same time. Of course, yeah. But also also you were friends with, with the female actresses, too. Yes, some of them. I, I was friends with Marilyn Veronica Hart. Annie Sprinkle, um, quite a few of the ladies. Now, I, this is something which is stuck in my mind. Um, for those of you regular listeners of this podcast, this name will be familiar to you. Uh, and you write about this episode in your book with John Frankenheimer. And oh, yeah. for those, yeah, for those of you out there who don't know who Frank, uh, John Frankenheimer was. He was a director, and he was responsible for such movies as The Birdman of Alcatraz, The Manchurian Candidate, 
seven days in May, and fifty-two pickup, I believe, as well. Fifty-two pickup with Anne Margaret, and and he, uh, I want to call him. A, I'm going to these are my words, not yours, but he seemed to me a little bit of a sleaze ball. He was a and, pig. Yeah. Okay. Very good. That's a <laughs> Yes, I mean he, he 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 wanted me to have sex with him before he would put me on camera. I said that's not going to happen unless you want to pay me because he wanted to film it. Yeah, exactly. And you know, and I have a friend who who was an actress and you know she can tell you stories too. I mean these I think that these uh, mainstream, what they want to call mainstream media movie, movie people, sometimes yeah. they are the they are the biggest. What's the right word? Pig. 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 They are the they are bigger pigs than any porn star that that you're run into. I agree. With, now I know there are bad apples in every group, and I I mean there are bad apples in the porn industry as well as in mainstream media. I'm not. I'm not saying that that it that it isn't that it's all lily white and angels and unicorns and stuff like that, but you seem to you seem to run in more for these. I mean, people who they have better. I guess they have better fixers than than um, like say other people do. They have better what? Fixers. Fixer, oh, where yeah, people, yeah. Probably so. Yeah, and the ones you don't hear about, I mean, like you know, you you hear about like the people Matt Lauer and 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 the Me Too movement, but but you know you got and Donald Trump with his with his uh oh, hundred and thirty Stormy Daniels Stormy Daniels yeah um you know the the good people you don't hear anything about. <laughs> You know, I mean, not not that they're good or anything, but they have good people protecting them, and yeah. the the people who don't have the good people protecting them. That's when you hear about things. Yeah. And, um, but like I said, there are there are, there, are, and you mentioned in your book that there are bad apples in the porn industry. I mean, people wouldn't want to pay you, or they would pay they would pay you substantially less than what you than what you should get or I mean there was I mean there's no union in right but you stood up to them yes I said if you don't want to pay me this amount then find somebody else and sometimes they did most of the time they didn't because my name on the marquee was drew a lot more money than not having me there and see, and your name was above the title on the great majority of your films. Yeah, usually. Let me. Ask, who was your favorite? Who was your favorite um, uh, partner in the uh, in the acting? Um, who did you like in doing movies best with? It doesn't have to be a produ- Doesn't be an actor. It can be a producer or a director. Um. I liked working with Sam Weston. He wrote One Potato, Two Potato. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, he directed that. Uh, his wife was just a lovely woman. And his sons were very nice. I liked uh, Arthur Morowitz, who did Inside Seika. Um, as far as directors and producers were concerned, uh, I enjoyed working with John Holmes, and not for the obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. When I first walked on the set, I was looked at like a piece of hanging meat. And John Holmes pulled me aside. He goes, don't do anything that you don't want to do. Good advice, yeah. Thank you. That was very good advice. Have things, I don't know if you've kept, I don't know if you've kept up to, up to date with the current, uh, uh, movie making, but have things changed for the better in the industry? I wouldn't know. I haven't done a movie in like 20, 30 years, but yeah. I don't think they got any better. Yeah, I was just wondering because, you know, once you, the industry is like a big ship, it's hard to turn it in a different direction. Well, that's unless you're determined. True. And you also stood up to the, now there was a documentary uh, made about you uh, called Desperately Seeking Seika. And this is going to be... and we're look. I'm looking to redo that. Oh, really? Yes. Because there was a lot of that was done in such a rush, and uh, it didn't capture everything. I don't think it was that well done, but a lot of people seem to like it. So we're looking to. Redo that. Oh, that would be great. Do you know, uh, do you have any timetable for that? Um, hold on a second. Sure. They want to produce it for Netflix. Oh, all right. That'd be great. So, uh, just talking about it. Well, that's how everything gets started. By yes. talking about it. So let me ask you uh, this: the uh, your favorite movie would that be the one that you that you uh, dir- uh, did you direct? Uh, careful, he might be watching you. Uh, careful, he may be watching. I uh-huh. wrote it. I wrote it, and Richard Pacheco directed part of it. And one of my favorite. Females in the business at the time. Well, she was until she passed away. Was Kay Parker? Yeah, I mean, she was just a lovely person. She helped anybody out that they that wanted it, and she helped me out a lot by doing that one scene in Careful. Um. I adored her. Well, let me ask you this: Did did were you able to finally see some money from that? Because I know that you were a victim of creative bookkeeping 
on the uh, on the part of the distribu- distributors. Ooh, I sold that movie to Arthur Morowitz, and now they own it. So, you know, it is what it is. It's in the past. I can't do anything about it. Just move forward. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, besides the uh, upcoming, uh, the redoing of the documentary, what else, you were one of the first people on the web to have your own website, Seca.com. I believe that was back in 2003 when the web was just beginning, wasn't it? Uh, yes. As a matter of fact, it was. And subsequently, I met my now husband about every 10 years because of that. <laughs> but you, <laughs> your current your current husband <laughs> that, that you that you, I'm trying to remember what that you know you what you meant by that. You you don't go through husbands every 10 years. You <laughs> No, uh, he's my third and he will be my last. All right. Well, I tell you what, I'm gonna, I'm going to look forward to seeing that when it comes out. Um, the book is called Inside Seika, the Platinum Princess uh, of Porn. The author's name is Seika, and the book is available at Seika S E K A dot com. Seika, I want to thank you again for being on Light Camera Author tonight. Well, thank you very much, Jim. I appreciate it very much. I appreciate your time and your patience with me not being able to do this, to figure out the <laughs> Zoom stuff. Hey, we got it done. It's no problem. We'll figure things out. Well, I tell you what, until next time, you take care, okay? You too, Jim. It was lovely to talk to you.